This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell West. And this month, well, spring of a sort is here. It's, it's starting to be warm enough to put the laundry out of the line to dry, Sundays. And uh, and we're moving towards a great, um, um, a great national occasion in which we will uh, try to do the things we have done before. And uh, only a bit uh, cheaper, um, only a bit, only a bit, bit more cheaper, and, and 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 more vegan. Um, so we, um, uh, so this month we are going to be talking about something Roger, Roger just did, and also about things which we wish other people would do. Before that, uh, I would like to say thank you to Brian Parker who put some money in our tip jar. Uh, does encourage us to keep doing this thank you very much and uh if, if you if you would like to do the same uh paypal.me slash roger bw and say it's for irtd so that i know i should share it with mike thank you think of it as being a patron of the arts please We are very privileged to have here in the studio today the well-known author, um, film critic, uh, book uh, and game reviewer. Um, oh, and my general, modesty. Yeah, where did you leave it? Um, and general all-around fine chap around High Wycombe, Mr. Roger Bell West. Mr. Bell West, or may I call you Roger? No. <laughs> Uh, you have recently uh, completed or paused a distinguished and interesting campaign in the role-playing genre, and I feel that we should uh, review it and talk about it and the processes that you and your players went through in creating this oeuvre. Uh, what, what, what was it? What was the first impulse that drove you towards this? The artistic spark. <laughs> Well, this is, this is two separate um, things that collided. Uh, one of which I've been playing with for a while uh, was inspired by a visit to the Joint European Taurus in Oxfordshire because they have a special techniques group as part of their organisation. That sounds suspicious, all right. Yeah, here, here is a building with no windows that says special techniques groups ne next to the door. How can I resist a thing like that? So, uh, combine that with Can, can a... I just ask, ask what the cover story they gave you was? <laughs> uh, they're probably riveting beryllium. So there was that, and I had been thinking about Occult Secret Service as well. Yeah. Um, the... A term invented by John Dalman. Ba basically, there is some sort of government agency that deals with magic in the modern day. Yeah. Crudely. Um, and on a previous occasion, in, in, with, in fact, one of your groups, um, I had looked into this and the, uh, I think they are now the Civil Nuclear Constabulary, formerly the Auto Atomic Energy Authority Constabulary, is a, distinct UK police force, one of the one of the few that is actually a national force. And one of the few that goes regularly armed. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, along with British Transport Police are a national force, and I can't remember what the other one is. Oh, a mod plod. Um, anyway, they, they have a weird jurisdiction, which basically comes down to if we claim there are nuclear materials involved, we have jurisdiction, and, and you can sort it out in court afterwards if you disagree. Yeah. Now, to be fair, in the real world, they are functionally not a police force. I mean, from an administrative point of view, sure, but they are basically armed security guards and the way the UK works, the easiest way to say we have armed security guards is to say that they are a police force. Yeah. They do not, in fact, do detection, investigation, any of those things. But that was boring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the... Okay, so there's a third strand that comes into this, which is the thing I invented for my World War II uh, occult game, which is the destructive interaction between magic and radioactive decay. Yeah. So, so that answers the question of why are the atom cops, I'm sure they really hate that term, I would... Uh, <laughs> Why, why are they involved with magic? The nuclear, the nuclear plot, I think. Yeah. Um, why are they involved with magic? And the answer is they have some crude and dangerous but functional ways of fighting against magic, which essentially nobody else does. So oh, I, I've lost count of how many strands came together here. There's one more. Uh, yeah. And no, we, in fact, we talked about it on this very podcast. Uh, there was a liminal on the bundle of holding. Yeah. Which meant that all of a sudden I had a bunch of uh, modern occult adventures, mostly with a fairy sort of theme. Yes. Uh, which I could freely steal from. And, and it, it's not a perfect fit. I mean, L- Liminal wants to be, I think, a, a general urban fantasy game. So you've got vampires and you've got werewolves and you've got magicians and you've got fairies and you've got all this whole... Organization A and Organization B are fighting each other, and you get caught in the fallout because you're because you're street scum. Seems to be the general approach. And nice street scum at that. Let's scrub up, all right. Uh, but yeah, so so that 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 was modified a bit, and I, I was obviously going more in the um, here is your case of the week mould. They they don't want us around. They don't want us around uh, when they haven't got a problem. When they have got a problem, they don't want to see us. It's very sad. Tommy this and Tommy that and chuck him out the brute. Saviour of his country when the guns begin to shoot. Uh, Yeah, and uh, immediately after that, that is please sign this non-disclosure agreement. Mm -hmm. So, you set it up so that we didn't know very much of what was going on. At least that's how I I, fe- I felt was happening. We we weren't let into the big secrets if anybody had any. Yeah, um, this is a combination of we genuinely don't know a great deal and we regard the small amount that we do know as giving us an advantage so we're not going to share it with people who might share it elsewhere and so on. Um, Have you ever I... gone abroad? Ooh, very dodgy. <laughs> yeah, we're... Um... Uh, yeah, we 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 were a, a we, it was a unit without any tradition or any history, very much. Yeah, and the, a, the 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 background of the unit was essentially that one of these bits of interorganisational infighting had produced 
a gap in the police organization structure where where somebody could fit in um a a new faction and they they were expecting to tell you tell you what to do and you you would go and do it yeah i i never felt that we were given a single clue by our superiors <laughs> every so often we'd we'd report something and they'd say oh yes we know about him um and they wouldn't tell us what they knew about him and so we were very much um, working in the dark i felt I'm not objecting i'm just observing on the other hand um because you are players um you you were very much uh, particularly john trying to systematize what you could find out yeah which is fine for the sort of game I've normally run. It was perhaps less good a fit for the liminal mode, which seems to me very much in in the fantasy rather than science fiction style. It, yeah, it's it's presenting a thing which is a fait accompli, and it works the way it works. Whereas science fiction, to my mind, is more about how can we explore this, test it, see how yeah, you know, work out how it's put together, combine it with other things, and so on. Produce a, a, a an operations manual dealing with it which yeah when, when you do this in an actual fantasy book people complain that it doesn't feel fantastic uh, or yeah. it's um oh what what's that fantasy series done by the very strange author graden somebody uh oh him yes uh the the, the marks north and that lot yeah yes that that it, that it'll is... be in the show notes that 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 is fantasy trappings with a science fictional mindset it is very, very odd in many ways, and uh, and I think the last book falls to pieces a, a little bit. Though I quite enjoyed the re- rest of them, but yeah, it, it's from the it's from the point of view of the wizards trying to understand their art, which is interesting. Though he never qu- never quite made it clear what was going on. Our our problem, I think, our problem initially was the. We didn't have a very good fit for the assumptions of the adventures. There was an assumption we were going to be delighted to step into Fairyland for one thing, <laughs> and and uh, and uh, I was uh, I was sort of avoiding that. We may have lost a player because um, uh, because because of that, because they really wanted to go into Fairyland, and I was going. No, no, I don't think it's safe. No. Well, there, there were. It's hard to work out in detail, or I'd have said something at the time, but there, there were times when I felt that the players and I were playing two different games. Um, as, least, as far yes. as I was concerned, uh, that you know, there there is um, magic and strange stuff, and you are action characters who who may not all have overconfidence, but you, but a lot of you think that way, and yeah. the players, be, being old GURPS hands, even if you were playing action characters, were. Um, a lot more cautious. Yeah, I I was playing the sergeant uh, with one tiny step of rank above the rest, and and trying to control this bunch of egomaniacs. Even the doctor, let us be frank, wanted to go off and follow his own, paddle his own canoe, um, and uh, uh, and they were more enthusiastic about get, getting in, especially our gun bunny. Um, but uh, I, I was the one who was going, not yet, not yet. Now you can shoot him. Now, now, shoot him now. Which I felt was my game a bit rubbing up against the expectations of 
the other players sometimes. Mm. But they did tend to tolerate me. I think, yeah, it, that was that was one part of the general difficulty that um, authority figures have in role-playing games. Uh, but... The, the thing that, I, I can't remember whether we've talked about this before, um, the, the thing that I have usually seen is that most players fall into what one might call a special forces sort of mode, which is, yes, I'm the bloke in charge and I'm going to be making the final decision, but everybody throws in, and, and if somebody's yeah. got, a, got a good argument, then that's probably going to prevail, unless there's a really good reason not to. I think that's probably where we were by the end of the, uh, of, of the campaign. Um, we had we had an odd selection of of people recruited to the uh, uh, to the team. Um, everybody had their own a little niche thing that they did. Yeah, these are, these are the GURPS action templates. Um, no, nobody wanted to go for the piecemeal. Everybody went for a template, so that was quite straightforward. Yeah, we had the gun bunny. We had uh, we had. Uh, the very creepy cleanup man, um, <laughs> who, uh, who who wants to tell you about how you act, how you dispose of a of a body on a, on a regular basis. Uh, we had the accountant who was very useful, but but felt a little odd. Oh, only didn't the... seem creepy because you had the cleanup guy as well. Yes, uh, we had the doctor, and we had the parkour artist. Who, because uh, I think left because I, I wasn't that enthused about him. No, also, um, I, I think we may just have had too many people to, to work well for a um, video conference game where not everybody is particularly experienced with video conference games. You, yes, we, we've certainly well, talked about that before on the podcast. You you have to learn uh, that that speech discipline, or you just end up talking over people all the time because of the extra latency. So. That that yeah. that can just get very frustrating. I was going to say, which of the scenarios you threw at us do you think you enjoyed the most, and we enjoyed the most? Um, well, I, I will admit to a certain amount of bias because the first one uh, that I ran with you was by Paul Baldowski. Uh, Am I supposed to know? Oh yes. Um, oh God, my ignorance. <laughs> Is once more being exposed on this podcast. Writer of the Cthulhu Hack, which is where I first met him. Oh, right. And a number of adventures for that. Uh, and of the D-Sanction, the Elizabethan uh, oh, yes, occult investigation game. I have it. I have it. Yeah, I, I'm a little out of sympathy with it. But I can, I can see the connections between that and Limnall. Currently uh, working on the Cthulhu Hack 2nd edition, for which I have paid already because it was a Kickstarter. Get on with it, Paul. No, no, I love you, really. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, anyway, that. I, th- that, that, as it turned out, was the only case file that he, that he had written that I, that was in the uh, collection. Yeah. Um, but that was certainly my favourite. That that was all with uh, connection with the uh, Conan Doyle fairy sightings and things like that. It, it was exceedingly weird. Um, and, and there was... Uh, it started... It, uh, these these adventures tended to start out with a single inexplicable and weird thing intruding into our world, and then um, I was going to go out, going out and trying to figure out how the hell it worked and what could be done about it. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think, I think. That, I mean, the I think the the opening of that with the ceiling, which is a gateway into fairy, um, is uh, was was uh, pretty damn good. The the fight, the and the, and then the deduction about the uh, the spoilers here, the deduction about uh, where all the weirdness was coming from and where it would be intruding into our world now. Um, was uh, was really satisfactory. It worked very well. Um, the one I remember most was the messiest one, I think, which was the vampires in uh, Brighton, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, and uh, uh, that that and, was some, somewhat hacked about from one of the scenarios in in the uh, liminal rulebook. Yeah, um, it, it was. It, that was one of the points where I came across the uh, the difficulty with our trigger point um, as as a as a unit point at which I say weapons free and the uh, they blow the hell out of everybody around us um, I, I I did everything looks normal up to the moment where everything stops looking normal and you're deciding you're in deep inside something that has to be stopped with violence seem to be a fairly um, common pattern. Maybe it's me imposing that on us. It's a pattern I'm quite fond of, to be fair. Yeah. Now, the, the, an, another one being, yes, I, I, I have this uh, extremely dangerous firearm, but I, I just fired it at you and you went burp. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, our gun bunny on the on the other hand hand would then immediately close closer range and pull out another weapon. We didn't have any, um, even by the end of it, we didn't have more than a few crude anti-magic and anti-fey weapons or techniques. Yeah, that, the, that, that was, um, I, th- I think, to some extent a failure on my part. I, as far as I was concerned, this, this was using the, tech, the tools you have against the forces of magic. But obviously it's a perfectly reasonable thing to try to get some magical things working on your side. Uh, except for look what tends to happen to sorcerers, and uh, I, I get the feeling uh, we got the impression, I think, that uh, magical beings were either crazy or evil or possibly both. Um, I think we put up with the werewolves. Um, we came to an accommodation with the werewolves, but the rest. I mean, th- this was influenced to some extent by by my impression of real world occultists. As, a, as distinct from witches, who are, who are very often really very good people indeed, uh, but but your, your classic Western you know, high tradition occultist, his basic worldview is I am better than you, mm. and as proof I, I I have this knowledge that you don't have, and I'm not going to tell you about it. I I, I, I yeah, there's a strong antinomian tendency in in uh, in real world occultists of breaking the laws. Because the laws ought to be broken, and all laws ought to be broken. But also, um, I am the superior person, and they don't apply to me anyway. Yeah, um, that that is uh, that that is definitely observable in uh, in your Alistair Crowley types, at least. We never met anything but Alistair Crowley types, uh, other than the Fey, who were also inhuman, dangerous, and had an appalling sense of humour. I, I may also have been influenced by um, Nine Goblins, book book by uh, T. Kingfisher, Ursula Vernon. Um, 
has. I, I fail to see the connection, honest. Uh, all wizards are crazy because magic is a form of psychosis. Oh, that's right. High-functioning wizards can live on their own. While they tend to be shy and awkward in social situations, meticulously neat and easily startled, they're not any worse off than the rest of us. The more unfortunate wizards generally require someone to dress them and can't be allowed near any sharp objects. Oh, yes, that. I was was thinking about the goblins themselves. I'm sorry. So, Uh, yeah... Everything, every game I run, uh, whether, as in this case, I'm stealing chunks of it from somewhere else or not, is influenced by a bunch of different things. I I will admit that I have a fondness for magic being a a survivable profession, but a very dangerous one. Um, That you, you expose yourself to temptations and opportunities... Uh, which uh, uh, which normal people, uh, your average person, doesn't get uh, to play with. Uh, but the same can be said of politicians and billionaires, really. I, I think I would argue that you, you pretty much have to build your own moral compass as you go along because you are dealing with things outside the realm of standard ethics. Though so obviously you could use standard ethical tools to try to work out what's the yeah, right thing I- to do. I think that may be part of the point that what's his name, uh, the, the 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 March North fella, is try, is trying to make um, in his in his second and third books about the development of ordinary human beings who are about to become ludicrously powerful sorcerers. Um, the the that that is about the necessity of maintaining a foot in. Normal society, or um, the the people who have meaning and, and things that they that they they they're, they love and care about, um, acting as a grounding for the ludicrously powerful people. Mm. But um, that's probably we we as far as we were concerned in this game, the ludicrously powerful people were either our bosses who would brief us properly. Or they were the enemy. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I I, I have now uh, ended the campaign pro tem, not not because I think we've gone everywhere we've got to, but just because I felt myself um, struggling to come up with uh, material. I this, this is this is not, I think, a long term failure of the campaign. I would be willing to revisit it at some point, but. Yeah. I could feel myself getting close to burning out on it and not enjoying it. And if I'm not enjoying it, what's the bleeding point? So, well, quite. I was going to say, I think it would need need a new arc, a new thing for us to be obsessed about, alongside the uh, alongside the, the monster of the week. Um, but I would not wish to dictate to someone who has been surprising me delightfully for the. Uh, uh, for uh, for the last several months, hey. uh, what surprised you about what happened? Mm, I think I was expecting there to be more shooting. To be honest, I think that was me sitting on tape. I mean, the the uh, all the action characters have at least a basic competence with firearms. Yeah, all the action, <laughs> and you I, all I, had some machine guns. <laughs> uh, uh, we 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 carried automatic pistols. Even when we didn't really need to, but uh, even the cleanup man carried. Well, 
he's probably more uh, more more deadly with his squirt uh, cannon. But anyway, <laughs> the, the I think the thing is that we were. If you're an action hero and you're outside the law, you at least know which law you're outside of. Whereas if you're an occult investigator, you have no freaking idea what's going on most of the time. And you don't know if you're about to shoot uh, uh, somebody who could be an ally and a friend or somebody who is just about to go out and start murdering babies for obscure reasons or just casually explode yeah true true um they're, they're actually shooting somebody who's about to casually explode may not be your best step uh i mean i i will say at least that the impression i got when when i said i would have to bring in steward end for a bit was surprise and disappointment rather than relief so you know that's a good sign okay yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think i think you read read the room well and that, what that that's the canonical thing if 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 you cannot time the ending of something perfectly make it too early rather than too late yeah leave them wanting more leave them wanting more i was going to say any advice to somebody else who's going to move into running the uh the occult secret service or even um uh, which is different from the occult police hmm i think in a lot of modern games it's quite usual to get the players to subcreate a bunch of stuff not in the talking sense, but in the the GM has has overriding authority and so yeah. on. I didn't feel that happened here, partly because I didn't prompt you to, but I wasn't prompting you to largely because uh, I didn't. I I had ideas about the way things were working in the background, which if you had said, you know, our boss is like this, I might have had to say, no, that doesn't work, which would in itself give things away that you could otherwise discover in play. So, so I was keeping that a bit hazy, and possibly the answer is too hazy. It would have been nice if if I'd had your actual briefing officer uh, established as as a as a named figure with with their own characteristics. I I got the feeling people were communicating with us by email and not really wanting to look at us. Sure, even even so. I mean, as as opposed to your unit armorer, and the the only thing I know about him is is that he has permanently blue skin from all the, all the silver shavings he's inhaled over the years. Yeah, that's sort of the implication that there were people doing this job before us, but we don't know anything about it. There are there are lots of files and things, um, but no actual. Um, unit uh, history or uh, tradition. In my head, uh, do, do you remember the pilot episode of Futurama? Uh, our, our heroes get their new ID chips out of an envelope labelled contents of giant space wasp stomach. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm just not quite sure I see the connection, my lord. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yes, uh, yes, people have done this job before. Yes, yes, and, uh, and, and, and none of them have yet claimed their retirement uh, uh, benefits. Yeah, which makes the accounts department very happy. I think I was, I think I was playing my character as a bit broken rather than a bit bonkers, and the rest of them were a bit. All of us had had some sort of triggering incident, which was never totally defined, uh, which had got us into this sort of. Mm, it, but, it might uh, actually be interesting to o- open episodes with flashbacks. Yes, actually, um, that would work. Yeah, every, everybody else gets to play 
an, an NPC relevant to that incident, perhaps. But, uh, okay. Oh, I, I mean, certainly, I, I want to think about it again, but basically, it's a matter of um, income versus expenditure, and I was draining myself of ideas running it faster than I was putting getting out new ideas to run it with. Okay, that's an interesting model, um, uh, a psychological model for what what it is that we do. But well, I'm, I'm an, an economist, <laughs> so you also dismal science. We we try we try we try we try, try not to mention it too often in front of the sensitive. <laughs> All right, onward. old and we are grumpy this is true and there are things that irk us by not being in games this happens every bloody week every time i open my mouth sometimes uh, i uh, and say something to my players they say they say to me and what do you mean by that and i go ah let me just read this Uh, uh, let me just uh, look this up in the scenario a bit and 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 I feel that this is the moment for us to kvetch. I, I think it's a it's a good today is a good day to kvetch. The proximate cause of this particular thing was an incident in a Traveller game. Now, Traveller has a very large map, and because of the era when that map was first created, uh, it it is labelled uh, with let, uh, all the names are A to Z and numbers, and yeah. there are no accents or anything. So we we ha- had a world that is shown on the map as A C A D I E. How do you pronounce this? Now I assumed it was Acadie because it's as in Acadian. And I and, and I I assumed it was from Acadie, which I, I think I was thinking of the term for boredom. Or ah, but that would be Acadie. It's a long time in the future, and, and words <laughs> tend to have bits rubbed off 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 of them. Almost certainly, the actual answer is this came out of somebody's random name generator, but I, with a French accent, yes. But yeah. the now, if 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 we had accents, then you could put a cedilla on it if it were acidy. True, because normally the sta- all right, French pronunciation is a little bit more regular than English, so you, you could reasonably assume that if there isn't a cedilla, then it would be a hard C. But anyway, pronunciation guides would be nice. All right, I'm going to say yes, yes to this one, but with the uh, with the proviso that something other than just uh, international phonetic alphabet stuff is provided. Because, yes, yes, Roger, I have no doubt that you have mastered International phonetic. Uh, I, I master it when I need it, and then I forget it again afterwards. I don't oh, use it that dear. often. Your brain, your main bra- ma- brain, your brain must have chip slots so you can pop things <laughs> in and out of it. Another thing that came up out of the uh, out of the traveller game is the fact that lots of scenario writers are a bit wibbly wobbly about the timey wimey. To put it uh, uh, frankly, they they say this happened a few weeks ago, or it happened a couple of months ago, or it or, or it happened in the recent past. 
And and then the players say, yes, but when precisely? Was How that before or after this other thing? Yeah. Was this... Um, uh, yeah, well, well, when, how long? How long between event A and event B? And you're you're plunging back into the scenario to to read uh, um, that they don't really know themselves. I, I've case- been finding this in in several other places. I, I've been running uh, some Pathfinder adventures for uh, as a GURPS dungeon bash. Uh-huh. And yeah, you know, the, these are not simply beat up the monsters adventures. I'm, I'm finding them quite interesting. May do a segment on that in future. But where there is, you know, this happened and that happened and the other thing happened, there there is occasionally some time information, but very little, and it's buried in the prose. And so, I, I am going to pledge to do this in anything I write for publication, and I, I call on everybody else to do it too. If there is, yeah, if there are events. Either in the yeah. past or maybe in you know in the present, if the PCs don't intervene or whatever, have a single timeline with numbers on it. I think that even if the numbers yeah. are you know two weeks ago, a day after that, one week ago, just something so like everything is there and it's in order. A relative time timeline is actually slightly more useful because you've got to slot things into your own campaign. Yeah, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to have dates, though. I I don't know. I'm, so, some campaigns I run ha- have a calendar, others don't. It's nice when it happens, but it is extra work. I don't, I, I don't have a problem with... with uh, I can normally manage to slot uh, 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 two weeks ago into it's the middle of spring now. But I think it's slightly unforgivable that, that people publish scenarios which have investigative elements in them. What you were doing at that moment in time was trying to find something um, which you, you had been uh, uh, contracted to, to to salvage. And that's an investigation. You were doing investigative things. You're going around chatting to people, finding out how things, events had looked to them. And you can't really do an investigative scenario without a timeline, not hmm. convincingly. Um, I mean, it's... it's it's, it's all right if you're going to be vague about events in the distant past. Events in the distant past um, are pretty, probably pretty foggy in most people's uh, memories. Look at those the YouTube videos in which people ask que- uh, Americans uh, historical questions. Or, you know, the timeline can say thousands of years ago in the days of the old empire. Yeah. That's, that's fine. A, that's fine. <laughs> One day it may matter, one day you may have to gel it down. But what matters right now, right in front of us, is uh, is is who was seen where two weeks ago and was that before or after the time the minister was strangled? In Traveller, it's particularly important because you have this whole thing of um, communications going no faster than yeah. ships. So, uh, all right. We, we we will reserve the argument about the meaningfulness of the idea of simultaneity and a single date reference across FTL travel yeah, yeah. For, for for the physics podcast. Hint: there is no physics podcast, though there might be. Um, but no, um, we we assume for the sake of argument that that, that this is a meaningful thing. Uh, yeah. However, it, it, I think it's important to have some sort of information spread model which lets that happen. Yeah, I think that the it, uh, it doesn't have to be that right there in the game because probably the only player who would use it is me. But 
yeah, this, I, I this thing it, happened at World A, and then six weeks later they heard about it at World B, and that triggered that guy to do something else. This ought to be one of the things that um, uh, that, that, that that a traveller uh, scenario writer builds into his his story. It has to be the the wavefront of of information spread spreading through throughout the systems and reactions coming from people at various points ought to be about uh, ought to be there in the in the scenarios it, it ought well, to be also a- it's, it's it's interesting i mean yeah in, in the modern world we we generally assume that a thing has happened and unless it's actually being suppressed pretty much everybody knows about it immediately yes fa- fairly immediately um and that just ain't the case when it's the whole at the at, yeah. at the speed of ship, and I, I feel there is interesting stuff to be done there. He, all right, communications will normally go faster than player characters. Yes, but, but, but even so, the idea of you know, I think think of yeah, a line of worlds A to Z, say, and A has a big industrial disaster, and you you are on C, and you you learn about this. And you've got a cargo of medical supplies before the guys on F who will send the big relief effort, so you you can come in early. Yeah, that, that kind of thing. That that's the sort of thing that ought to be happening in Traveller, as far as I'm concerned, all the time. Yes, but it, uh, but it doesn't. I, it also, oh, I mean, they they they've modelled it on the Age of Sail, um, uh, and the the 19th century before the uh, the subocean cables sure. were laid. And, be, and before uh, telegraphy, but, but, but even then, you have faster ships and slower ships. Yes, and that's part. That's part of the fun. Can we get to Santiago uh, before before the the word that we have been declared to be pirates um, is is certainly a, uh, a scenario you you, uh, you will see. All right, I'm going to change changing the catching. I <laughs> wa- I want pictures. Um, I want more pictures. And the two areas that I want more pictures in are people and places. People, I would like it to be standard if there were a reasonably detachable fo- a picture of every um, of every player character, if pre-gender, and non-player character that I can show to people. I think the, 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 the product that did this best was uh, the Dracula dossier, um, which actually produced uh, as one of their uh, Kickstarter bonuses a deck of cards of the uh, of the faces of everybody named in their in the, as possible background characters hmm. which would be very useful I I want better maps but I'm not sure that's the that's the topic I want to cover here but I, what I would like to see more of is pictures of what a place looks like from ground level. If you've created a um, fantasy city with a great temple at the centre of it, I want to be able to uh, show my players this is what it looks like from the from the marketplace, uh, or and uh, this is a view out out across the fish market um, on a on a market day. Hmm. And I want them to be able to feel that they're there in a way that maps alone just don't give you. And I think this is probably me being unreasonable, but I, I'm not sure 
why it's not a product that we get. Certainly, it seems to me, if you are paying for art in the first place, yeah. um, this this would be a thing to commission the artists to do. And it's things like, yeah, how, how tall are the buildings? What, what's actually happening on the upper floors? Uh, presume there are buildings surrounding this market square. Yeah. Um, yeah, do 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 they have uh, pointy roofs for the snow or flat roofs for the sun? This this is stuff that you could work out and give as directions to the artist. Um, yeah, but it's also stuff that helps. And it's, I agree, establish a feeling of the place. I, I I mean the problem is you don't know where the players are going to put themselves, and some of them will be on top of the roofs uh, doing um, things that are not entirely legal. But I, yeah, I but just, but that's that's the other thing. Um, it will help inspire the players. They say, okay, you know, the the these um, the, the these warehouses have have that classic thing where you have a girder sticking out from a high level that you that you use as a hoist when you're pulling pulling stuff up to the upper floor. Okay, I'm going to swing off that with my whip. <laughs> that kind of I thing. I think I uh, yeah, I think that the. Uh... I, th- I think that I often feel that one of the problems is that I have a firm picture in my mind of what I think this thing looks like, and I don't have the means. I, I, I have to assume that I'm conveying it adequately to the player, and, and I am until then. Suddenly, I'm not. I'm not, and mm. I've discovered it's all been wrong for the past uh, past fifty minutes or, of action. Yeah, when I've been playing with the Cambridge group, uh, they're general attitude is uh could you do it could you give us a sketch map if if they think it's good if they, the details going to matter yeah yeah i i mean i could do a sketch a sketch map good enough for a battle map but i don't think i i have no artistic skills and i don't think i can readily convey what the mental image in my head is onto onto a piece of paper i would say that um a games company that created a fantasy city which is as detailed and walkable about as some of the computer-based uh, role-playing games. There, there, would... there certainly have been... Um, I can't remember whether Nexus was that. Thieves World's Optimus certainly was. You, you can say, you know, stick a pin in the map for where you are and you can look up what the shop is that you're next to. Yeah, but that's not that. That's that's not a visual stimulation. Sure, but but I mean, that, that level of detail has is, been done. That level of detail has been done, but not not visually, mm. not uh, not to convey a sense of what it's like to be there. You you may know that there is a tobacconist shop um, to the right of where you're standing, but you won't know what it's like to step inside. Um, you won't know a lot of things. Um, I think. Now, people do do this with almost casual... Oh, all right, they they make it look casual (laughs) um, uh, uh, efforts um, with with computer games. It's something that they do, but presumably uh, the the lower prices and uh, and the... uh, Also, role-playing game artists don't don't work for peanuts uh, for for 10, 17 hours a day in order to keep their horrible jobs. Oh, uh, you you feel that bullying might be... Appropriate way to proceed. Yeah, now, now we have AI, so you can rip off other people's art wholesale. Oh yeah, uh, it's a, I, I mentioned to Marcus Rowland uh, that we were going to be doing this uh, uh, this list, and he says what he wants is a, is 
no more uh, uh, va- uh, no more creepy um, uh, uh, what's the word uncanny valley um, uh, CG, uh, computer generated art um, in anything. Yeah, I mean the the, the current um, stuff that people are talking about is, is simply ripping off artists and, and recombining their work. But even without that, um, you you may be familiar with GURPS Magic for Fourth Edition. Uh, yes, not brilliant art wise. Uh, and Cyberpunk version three, where they basically uh, had some action figures. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Uh, having brought up Marcus, uh, he's he's got he's got not got a want list. He's got a don't want list. Um, GameSpeak, he says, where it isn't needed, especially if it's used before the terms are used. Terms used are explained in the rules. Mm. This is um, a a convention of mine, which is I want better organisation in a better awareness of the function of games rules as teaching instruments. As yes, I'm hesitant because I remember this argument to some extent from from the 80s and 90s um where the idea was that you would learn the game once but you would use the game as a ref- the game book as a reference many yeah. times so yeah. when the two conflict there is at least a case for uh making it saying make make it a thing you can find stuff in more than a thing that explains things a bit at a time does it conflict does it have to conflict sometimes it conflicts i mean sometimes anything will um I the the tricky bit is that if you have a um you know, say a glossary at the start of the book then then you still don't have any context and say a uh, uh, a a a froze is a combination of a foo and a bar. Uh okay yeah. I'll, I'll look up a foo and then I'll look up a bar and that there's going to be a lot of stuff for me to um take on board to find out ultimately what a froze does. Uh Let's see. I, I was recently looking for obscure reasons through the DC Heroes role playing game, eighties uh, and nineties. Okay, that that has to be obscure. Yeah, go on. Well, it was it was quite, it was successful at the time. Um, yeah. What uh, one of Greg Gordon's first uh, logarithmic system designs? Uh, a value of x is twice as much as a value of x minus one for weight yeah, and distance. I, I, and, I remember that. I also remember noting that it didn't seem to take off very quickly or at all. Um, but in any case, the here is the rules and here is how to create a character books are laid out very carefully. And, you know, the, the, these are the six points you need to know about how the, how the core mechanism works. Here is a step by step thing of how to use the universal resolution table. And once you, yeah, yes, you have to learn that. But once you have learned it, you know how to use the universal resolution table. And the answer to a whole bunch of other questions is use the universal resolution table. table. Yeah, I, I, I think that I, I take Marcus's point. I've come across too many, uh, too many thing, uh, many introductions to games, which both in the mechanics and in the law say things that I don't understand and don't give me any way to look up. I think um, one of my wishes on my wish list comes in here. I wish that when the uh, 
producers of games bring out PDFs of their games. They take the trouble to properly hyperlink the terms together so that you can jump from place to place and back again. Yeah, d depending on how or what you use to prepare the manuscript in the first place, this can actually be quite hard work. But I agree, it would be nice if it were done. Is there a, is there a way to is there an easy way, easier way to do it? Well, it basically you if if you're making it a pretty print book, uh, you 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 use one package, and and if and if you're make, making it a a, a li lively PDF document, you'll use a different one. So, uh, that's the short version, unless you are a specialist in these things. Ugh. Well, clearly somebody that clearly there is a gap in the market for creating something that both looks good and helps you when you're looking through it. Um, and the, people, one, one fairly extreme case of this, uh, Greg Porter, uh, BTRC, has yeah. been producing very rich PDFs for quite a while now, and they, they are heavily hyperlinked. There, there are little JavaScript calculators, so, so you, can, you can get a worked example of something. However, they they basically only work in Acrobat Reader and similarly uh, proprietary systems, so I can't use them. So there's uh, that. There's that right. as well. Well, yeah, you're probably going to have to use something um, commercial. I I just, I just find it's that 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 what we're getting out of the um, the PDF versions of books is that. Is the thing that makes it looks pretty and does not have any other, um, and does not have any other other function. Well, do, do and, bear and in is, mind, and is even harder to look things up in. Yeah, because all the references are a little bit out as as far as the page numbers. That was it, another it, thing we found in. in it, it is a convention or a truism now that if you want to have anything like big sales, you need full color art on every page spread. It's true. I mean, people do like the pretty. I like the pretty myself, as long as the the text is legible and not purple printed on grey. Uh, and while role playing writers will traditionally work for peanuts and not even very fresh peanuts, role playing artists do actually get paid. <laughs> so the, the, this can seriously crimp your budget, even if yeah. you're yeah, whatever you, unless you're a huge company with a huge art budget, it can it can cause problems. I've I have seen one a, a couple of heavily interlinked th things. They tend to be for um, uh, for people doing their own system, and people are doing this out of love rather than out of any hope to make money out of it. As mm. you said, um, I well, don't a, see an, an allied trade. Yeah, indices. Now, yes, a, a good index is, is not is... a trivial thing to do. It does take True. work, but it it, does, I think it's worth doing. It does take pe page space as well. The basic and rather crappy uh, two to three page uh, index you'll find in most role playing is is um, not not good enough. Um, it's better than nothing, but not good enough, I think. And if you can't find a, a, a term of art in the in the game. Uh, just to uh, just to throw uh, some trouble, more trouble at traveller. Uh, I couldn't find maintenance, ship maintenance, in the index recently, and had to go through the text slowly in the middle of a game, trying to figure out how often 
And that's and then I found that it wasn't precisely defined. <laughs> um, uh, a ship has to uh, spend some days in port being maintained, and you have to find the money for it. One thing that's irked me a bit, and it came up, in fact, in that same Traveller game, though I don't think it's particularly a fault of Traveller, um, I want comprehensive abilities, by which I do not mean a long abilities list. But I need uh-huh. to work out, for, for example, as in the situation you had, you, you suddenly needed to know which of the characters is going to be most competent at zero-G freight handling. Yeah. Now, in in this particular iteration of Traveller, I don't think there is a freight handling skill as such, though, uh, that, nor is there a zero-G skill. Uh, in GURPS, you could say, okay, that's your freight handling skill capped by your freefall. And you know what those are because you have defaults. Uh, but I'm, I'm not necessarily asking for every game to be GURPS. I mean, it could be that your character sheet has the space trucker trait on it. And from that, I can derive that, yeah, you know what you're doing yeah. in this situation. What I don't want to do is, is be left completely without guidance. Um, remembering the Genesis Firefly campaign I ran for you. Yeah. And others, I remember it. Um, there is no, how competent am I at setting explosives skill? Yeah. I, I think we ended up rolling it under Skullduggery, which mm, is, is meant to be sort of dirty tricks in general, but yeah. Mm. It, it, yeah, it's slightly more, it feels slightly wrong. Um, uh, that, you're, you're right that every system, it, it's, a, it's a function of the ease of operation of a system. How, uh, when a situation comes up that has not been anticipated by the character sheet, um what do you do and and yeah and, and well and, and another yeah, argument would be that you know th- this is not a terribly fraught situation so so let's not worry about it it just works but you know i think we've both seen a lot of science fiction films in which this sort of moving a sharp ob- sharp cornered object through sharp cornered passages with, with your with your thin cloth vacuum suit is a dangerous thing, and and it's it's a source of tension. So I don't think it should be just an automatic success. To quote one of the uh, characters in the the moat in God's Eye, we jug, juggle valuable eggs in variable gravity. Yeah. Um, and and as it happens in the in that in that scenario, um, you find yourself with the incredibly va- valuable and possibly fragile um, ancient. Uh, Ancient uh, low berth a container stuck in t- in your in your cargo bay, and one that one of the people having to make a saving manoeuvre to get it back in and uh, and get it safely stowed. Mm. And I think that was a nice little moment of dramatic um, possibilities, and things can go badly wrong in so many situations if you're in a vac suit in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I'm th- 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 to. All right, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to have every session I'm, I'm doing dangerous things in vacuum, but nobody's shooting at me. But it's a, it's a nice thing to do, at least sometimes. Yeah. But, but whatever it is, whether it, 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 it's juggling variable, uh, valuable eggs in variable gravity or, uh, or it, it's, it's, it's making a bow in front of the Queen or it's deciding the right moment to sell, sell, sell uh, these uh, these shares. You need a mechanism to say how hard is this, who can do this best, and what's going to happen. You know? 
I, I think specifically it's the who can do this best. Um, the- we, we, we are a team. We're going to pick the person who's best at this thing to do the thing, and that in yeah. itself that that is that is interesting character interaction. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I, di- I did a lot of shifting large objects around when I when I was in the Marines. I don't like to talk about it, but I do still have the skills, as it might be. Mm. Uh, yeah, oh, and Andy, you also want the rules which say uh, say that the person who is slightly less less uh, good at uh, doing this thing can nonetheless somehow contribute towards the success of the team and make the thing more likely to happen. Um, yeah, again, I'm thinking of dramatic scenes in uh, films and television. You know, yeah, may- maybe only that that person is, is small enough to fit into the space where the job has to be done, and somebody else has to talk them through it. That's great. That that's not just a game mechanics thing. That is a character moment. Yeah. You know, I, I, I trust you to tell me what to do right, you, and you, you trust me to actually do it right. And th- th- then, you know, th- this will provide more of a bond between the characters. Yes, but, uh, all right, have we got other things we want, we want ideally? Oh, yeah, the, yeah the, the world and a donkey. But, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, think, I think we ought at this point to throw it over to our listeners and say, what are the things you're always finding you're needing? And they don't bother to provide them. Oh, I know one last one, which I have mentioned before, and I will, will mention again, because one of these days it might, uh, it might uh, penetrate somebody's brain. You need lists of names, and you need some means to generate um, new names that seem appropriate to the sound of the language you're using. Yeah, if if it's modern world, then fair enough. Um, but even something like medieval England, um, yeah, th- there will there will be some recognisable names like John, but you aren't likely to meet a Darren, for example. Yeah, um, if if you have met a Darren in twelfth century England, then something is going very wrong. He's from the Irish. Kill him, just to be on the safe side. <laughs> oh no, it's the Welshman we hate around here. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was going. <laughs> I, I was going to say it's even more important in made-up uh, universes that you have something that seems appropriate. Hmm. Most of us are not are not Professor Tolkien, um, and we ca- we can't just do these things by feel. But it's also uh, lovely to when, when a player hears somebody's name and realizes, oh, that's from that culture. Yes, he sounds like he's one of the tree people. I will try, go up and try to do my three people greeting to him, uh, um, and hope I don't end up married to him, hmm. like last time. Um, yes, it, it 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 gives definition to the world, and um, uh, there are far too many uh, Barnatars in um, Glorantha. The uh, Chaosium have a limited. Um, List, and I don't think there was ever a particularly consistent basis for naming of any of the characters in the original campaigns. But then in the real world, we have far too, far too many uh, people with the same names. There are far too many Johns, for one thing, and, uh, and far, far too many Jeans, and far too many Hans, and far too many of just about every common name. Um, uh, so we're at least simulating reality that way i i still remember the um uh, session i was in at 
I think this was in school days where we'd rescued some prisoners and somebody asked what are their names and the GM gave them an evil look and came back with one os, two os, three os and four os. Um, all right. It made it, it made life easy for the GM. GM, he knows not. Okay, well, thank you for 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 allowing me to kvetch. Uh and we hope that we have uh, covered some of your own um, feelings of irritation and um, and hard done byness. Please send us lists, long lists, if you like. <laughs> of we might we might come back to this with some of the more entertaining ones of things that uh, you don't think. Are well serviced in most, but particularly I think for for this theme, things that are missing rather than things that irk you by being there. But yeah, yeah. whatever. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Onward, or rather, on to next month. If you want to send us your thoughts on the conclusions of any of your games or the lists, as we mentioned, of things you really wish were there, you can contact us by... Send a message on the website or email podcast at tekeli.ly. And next month we'll be back again, livelier and more springy and and bouncing and and possibly starting to sweat a little as the summer. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be thinking about coronations, maybe, or something like that. 